I'm clicking. So I just clicked the record button, and I'm, I'm with Marilyn Schlossbach, who has about 20 or 30 titles. We're going to try to unpack them. Uh, and, and chronologically, so people know, kind of time, it, the snow flurries outside my window. We had some snow yesterday. So people know this is um, February uh, 19th. And, and, and I have been anticipating and looking forward to this for about six months until I can finally get Marilyn to sit down with me and chat. Um, so without further ado, I want to introduce Marilyn Schlossbach, who has a number of titles from restaurateur, chef, chocolatier, mother, humanist, environmentalist, sustain. I mean, it, it's it's so endless. And, and this is not a typical format for conversations with Calvin, uh, only because there's so much to Marilyn that we're just going to kind of go with the flow. So Marilyn, take it away and do a little bit of a, a bio and then we'll come up with some words and you can talk about those words. Okay, so, you know, I'm a mom. I have twin eight-year-old daughters. I have a lovely, talented artist husband, Scott Segeski, who, um, who keeps me balanced. I have a bunch of restaurants and music venue space and event space that's going through the challenges of the past year. I have some spin-off projects. Um, a chocolate company that I just uh, serendipitously met a chocolatier on a ferry ride this summer and decided wow. to launch a new uh, a new brand under his label, Vintage Plantation. So we're launching the Cocoa Boat, which is a bean to bar crafted chocolate with a little bit of an environmental and give back component to it. We have a company called Wave of Balance, which is um, a wellness brand that uh, basically works with Moringa products. Um, so we can talk a little bit about that. Yes. And I have a nonprofit called uh, Food for Thought by the Sea. And we are um, doing a lot of work in the community with collaborative partners like the Boys and Girls Club and Fulfill New Jersey to bring um, food, education, wellness into the community. Um, I have a cookbook that is out there. It hasn't really been launched. It was gonna get launched right after COVID shut down called Feed This Community, which is 11 chapters for 11 nonprofits that we work with. Uh, kind of a story of who we are not as only as food people, but as community and world explorers. So I think that's the abridged version of me at the moment. Or is that abridged? Um, one of the things that uh, really fascinate me and uh, is the whole story of wellness uh, and and your wave of balance. We had, when we first chatted a couple of months ago uh, uh, I, I, I'm such a fan of wellness I'm such a fan of this thing uh, here that I'm pointing to uh, and, and if you live that life of wellness uh, uh, you can go on well uh, as I've eclipsed my three quarters of a century mark so can you talk a little bit about 
um, uh, because it's close to me, uh, wellness and, and wave of balance, how that came about and where you're at with that? Um, wellness is a, a much bigger scope, similar to when you talk about sustainability and people say sustainability is recycling or sustainability is gas emissions. Well, sustainability is mind, body, financial, environment, community. It, it, all of those things have to come into a sustainable place. And wellness is one of those sustainability factors. How do you sustain yourself as a human being if your mind and body aren't in some sort of balance? I mean, we're never going to be 100% in balance. We're always striving towards that. And in years like this past year, a lot of us are very off kilter in our wellness sustainability. You know, Wave of Balance and our other company, Two River Mushroom, which is an organic mushroom company, are small small pieces sustainable wellness you know we i grew up to backtrack my father was born in 1898 he was 65 when i was born wow. my childhood was filled with don't take that don't wear makeup you don't need that when i was a kid we didn't have all these things these drugs these chemicals in our food you know so i was raised with this sense of kind of old school purity around what you ate and what you wore and how you treated life that I'm lucky enough to have. I lost my father at an old age, but over 30 years ago because of the age difference. But the values he instilled upon me were values that don't exist anymore in the generations that I live with because it's just too progressed. We have too much technology. We have too many options of additives of supplements of of types of yoga there's just so much that over the years i've gone back to my father's roots of i don't need to take 15 different supplements um moringa is a superfood it's called the tree of life if you google that online moringa comes up um it's a it's a very powerful plant that has a lot of minerals and vitamins in it, innate to it. So you don't really need to supplement, you know, but I don't think people really look at their health. They don't get a workup, full blood workup that says, hey, you're deficient in B12 or D or whatever that is. And as a woman, when you age, you have all these chemical imbalances, your adrenal glands, your hormones that you have to pay attention to. So I think we're more in tune with our balance than men are. And Moringa was another serendipitous meeting. We were in Nicaragua on a surf trip. I met a guy through a friend. I saw this Moringa in all the little hippie shops. And I was like, what is this? I had also done a trip to Haiti and learned about Moringa there because they use it for type two diabetes. Wow. Um, in third world countries, they don't have access to all the drugs we have. So they use a lot of plant materials to heal. And Moringa is one of those healing. It's also used in Ayurvedic medicine in India. So it's well known in other places, but not in America. So in two different trips within a year, that name Moringa kept coming up. So we were at a dinner party in Nicaragua and 
I met this Korean gentleman, Mr. Soon, who happens to live in Princeton now. At the time, he lived in Chicago. He's 80 years old. He runs six or eight full marathons a year, and he attributes his health to Moringa. Wow. So he invested in uh, some farms in Nicaragua. He has a company called Swan Vive, which is a Korean Moringa company. And we got to chatting and I said, you know, the American market is, doesn't shop the way the Korean market does. They don't go to the store and buy their supplement next to their eggs, next to their face cream. In different cultures, people buy all these things in one place because they all have properties within each other. So he said, well, why don't I help you launch something that's more for your American market using the same pure organic Moringa product. And that's where Wave of Balance came from. Um, The problem I've had with Wave of Balance is one, it's way out of my wheelhouse. Supplements are a very difficult market to get into. We've had major challenges getting onto the Amazon platform. We finally were accepted last week, and this has been years we've been trying to do it. So I never really went anywhere with this as a financial livelihood, but my staff takes it, my family takes it. I have a couple clients that swear by it, um, some with some severe illnesses that it's helping with. And it's almost like a pet project for me. We are gonna launch a, an oil, a body, face, and hair oil with Moringa um, next year, which just like the internal properties of Moringa, it also has external properties. You know, coconut oil was all the rage and I love the smell of coconut oil, but as a topical oil, it's not the best oil for many skin types. It's, it, it doesn't seep into your, to your skin the way Moringa does. And it has some allergenic properties that a lot of skin can't handle. So we started developing this organic Moringa oil and it's been put on hold just because of COVID and the finances, but the packaging's all ready. It's ready to go when we are. So we'll bring that onto the market. And then Two River Mushroom came about with uh, an employee who worked for us when we had a restaurant in Rumson called Russell and Betts, which is, was a lovely little restaurant, but not very well received from that community um, or our partners. So we parted ways. And one of the end results was that Casey and I became very close. He's a waiter, was a waiter at Russell and Betts. And he's also a um, marine biology teacher and forensic science teacher at a high school in Monmouth County and really interested in mushrooms. So he started growing some mushrooms on our property. And he was like, what do you think if I start this little company delivering to restaurants? And I said, that's great. So he did. And then it got overwhelming for him and he was going to dissolve it. And I said, you can't do that. You are creating an amazing thing. Scott, my husband and I will help you. However, so we gave some money. Scott delivers the mushrooms twice a week to the restaurants and stores that we sell in. And I'm just here for marketing and moral support because I think what's happening is amazing. 
So we took on another partner, uh, this wonderful gentleman, Kurt, who is also partners in Whitechapel Projects, our restaurant in Long Branch. And we added another container to the Long Branch property. So now we've tripled our production. Um, little complicated growth spurt we're having with COVID and some of our clients doing really well in COVID and some not so well. So we, we have to find that, that sweet spot right now. Um, and now we're launching some side projects within that. We did a collaborative broth with um, uh, another company called Dutch Hill. Um, we're talking to um, James Avery about doing something. So we're talking to some different chefs and um, practitioners. We created a tincture with um, this wonderful, talented herbalist, Laurel, and her company. So we're trying to take the byproduct of the mushrooms, of which we have a lot of byproduct, and create other things, whether it's compost for your yard, tinctures for your brain, or broth for your soup, you know? Um, so that's the kind of wellness world of ours. Wow. Um, you know, and mushrooms are another superfood. And, you know, superfoods go in and out of trendiness um, for various reasons. I mean, Americans love marketing. They love the new thing. Moringa never hit it, I think, mainly because it's not as easy to access and it's um, somewhat expensive to import into the country. It can't be grown in America because of the climate. It's not a tree that can grow in a hot house. Mm -hmm. um, mushrooms are now beginning to really blow up, both in the food and the medicinal world. So I think we happen to be in the right place with that. Um, and I don't think mushrooms are going to go away anytime soon as far as a medicinal product, because they are very sustainable to grow in areas where people can't have access to um, high protein and high vitamin foods. And they're easy. Once you understand them, there's some mushrooms like lion's mane, which are great for your brain and almost have no flavor. And you can make all kinds of things from vegan crab cakes to meatballs out of them. So once people understand how to cook with mushrooms, I mean, I'm not, personally, I don't love a strong tasting mushroom, but now that I've been growing them, I've acclimated my palate to really enjoy mushrooms and the nuances of them. Same with the chocolate. We started this chocolate company and you know, I like chocolate and I'll eat any kind of chocolate that somebody gives me. But now that I'm so used to this elevated, pure chocolate, I'll Is this a, is this a, a candy dark, bar like a Hershey it, and I'm like, is it oh. like, uh, is it oriented to dark chocolate? We make all varieties, oh, okay. we make dark and milk, but our, uh, everything from 65% up is, um, only really three ingredients. It's goes from the pure hundred percent to just being cacao and sugar right. to lower 65 to having cocoa butter. So we don't use any soy lecithin or any um, additional um, ingredients in our chocolate. So, you know, it's, it's very pure. It, you know, if you're used to eating M&Ms, this is not going to be something that you're going to immediately say, wow, 
But once you start eating good chocolate and your palate shifts there, it, it's amazing that you start noticing that other things just taste so fake and manufactured. Um, and I think no. that we don't have enough of. Listening to you, um, this big light bulb goes off in my head because I, I realized you, you and I have great commonality, which we haven't really discussed. But your your whole the whole approach to wellness, to the mushrooms, to all of this, um, uh, I've been conscious about health. And I'll just quickly tell you where I'm at. Um, I, I I had a calcium C2 scan done of my coronary arteries two years ago at the hospital because we wanted to see at my age how closed up they are. And, and I've lived a certain lifestyle, consciousness about health uh, and, and do my blood work five times a year because I would walk around with a pad and, and I run in to get my blood checked all the time. Uh, but bottom line is when the results came back two years ago, I was in a very unique class of people. Uh, I have zero coronary artery plaque at my age. So this is testament to you, Marilyn, in your work and your explorations uh, uh, and pursuit of health that the right lifestyle uh, uh, and, and it's not something you run into a store and just take one or two, but it, it's a conscious, what you're talking about, it, it's a conscious effort and it's a conscious part of a journey. And it's been a journey of mine since 1975, really consciousness. So I'm walking around with zero coronary artery plaque and, and I'm sharper up here today. And by the way, uh, there's so much to tell you. Um, uh, every morning uh, I, I have a, I put it into my coffee over here, pure cacao because it's loaded with flavonoids and all these wonderful healthy ingredients. So the fact that you're a chocolatier is so healthy. So, um, you know, you and I are really uh, on the same, on the same. I mean, point. I would say that I, I don't take it as seriously as I should. Um, but I also have learned that the stress level of trying to be something I'm not all the time is almost as damaging as, um, being that, you know, and there's, I feel there's three parts to wellness. There's the hereditary factor that, you know, my husband has high cholesterol. He has since the day he was born. I don't, we could eat the same exact things and a different result will happen for him. Um, I also believe that when you get overly stressed out about anything, it can do as much damage as eating improperly Correct. so you, you know yeah i'll have a bag of cheetos once in a while and i you know beating myself up about it is more damaging than having it right. <laughs> so i'm really right. if I'm do it i want to enjoy it and, so right you know i think we all have to find our balance i don't and that's part of the reason maybe wave of balance isn't where it should be because i'm not a pusher I know that everybody was raised differently, has their birth trauma that they're dealing with and 
their experiences that I'm never going to be able to change. And for a long period of my life, I tried to do that in people. I grew up with a mother who had a nervous breakdown and became an alcoholic. And there's a piece of me that always wants to fix everybody. And you got to learn to let that go because not everybody's ready to be fixed. Or maybe the solutions for them aren't the same solutions that my solutions are. I'm just trying to expose people to options for balance. And, you know, every Christmas I give the moringa out to everybody. I give them seed and leaf. Some of them love it and continually ask me for it. Um, others just, you know, they're not committed to it. And you gotta do what's right for you. Sure. And at the end of the day, we'll see 40, 50 years from now, which ones of us are living or dead or how the end of our lives pan out. And, you know, maybe I won't have the longest life that I would love to have. I'm just trying to do the best I can to make that happen. You know, I had kids at a very young, a very old age, you know, in my forties. So I want to be here when they graduate college, if they choose that path or open their own business or have their first child. I want to, or end up in the hospital with cancer like I did at 34 with no parent around. Like I want to be there for all those milestones and those right. experiences. So I have to try my best to take care of that for myself. But I'm in probably the most stressful industry you can be in prior to COVID. And now you add all this nonsense to it you know, it's really tough. You know, I go to EMDR a couple times a month. I have a therapist. I have a homeopath. I, you know, I have all the things that have resonated with me over the years, but I've tried everything from acupuncture to Ayurvedic to, Same here. to yoga. And Same here. I can't do all of those things. They don't all work for me. Some of them I'm very passionate about and some I'm like, yeah, I'll take a yoga class, but if it's not the right instructor, I'm not really that interested. So, you know, I can't like say Marilyn's full of herself because she doesn't do all these things people think she should be doing. I mean, I'm not vegan. I don't eat cows like you, but I haven't eaten cows since I was eight because I always thought they looked like Labradors. And I like Labradors. I have a Weimaraner and a Labrador. So I don't eat cows for, for cuteness, you know. Hey. But over the years, I've shifted from not eating chicken unless I know where it's coming from. And it's organic or at least raised humanely. Or the pigs are at a farm where the people are nice to them. Because if, if pigs don't develop a relationship with their handler, they get very stressed out. And not only do they make bad meat out of that, but they also live a horrible life. So, you know, if I'm gonna eat a pig, I wanna eat a pig that's a happy pig, like the commercial. <laughs> you, know? Um, you know, I'm very sustainable when it comes to fish because I live on the ocean. And I think we overindulge in certain things because they're very marketable. And then all of a sudden we don't have that thing anymore because it was a living thing and we can't eat all the living Chilean sea bass on the universe because it's trendy and then expect to be disappointed yeah. when it doesn't exist anymore, yeah. you know? So, you know, it's very complicated. We ran a program in January, we called it Planuary over the kind of the Movember thing where you grow a mustache in November to help different 
nonprofits, we did planuary. So you, you didn't buy plastic for the month of January. And going to the supermarket and trying to maneuver through a, a supermarket is almost impossible. It is impossible. I mean, vegetables come in plastic. Salad comes in plastic. Your yogurt, come, everything comes in plastic and there are very few options to, to get away from that. Even tampons, you know, like things you would think that they could yeah. go back to the, the source. It's because of cost, companies don't use glass or metal anymore. So it's, it's complicated to even shop. But why, the reason we did it was to bring awareness so that when people were shopping, they were like, oh my God, look at all the plastic I'm buying. Could I switch to a cardboard box for my laundry detergent? Or could I, you know, maybe not use that product so much or not waste garbage bags all the time? I, you know, you just got to start having awareness with the little things so that you can spread that a little bit. We really do. Uh, what scares me every time I, I see some documentary on just how much plastics are, are in our oceans. And, and then I read something not too long ago that uh, we consume the equivalent of a, a plastic credit card like every month because we eat fish, we eat plastic that's dumped in the ocean and we're ingesting that uh so that this plenary thing you did was brilliant well i think you know we complain when we say you know we're going to get rid of the coal industry we're putting all these people out of work well i related to when plastic straws were banned so many companies started making straws out of all kinds of things, avocados, bamboo, pasta, creating more jobs in different industries right. to solve the problem. They wouldn't have done that if we didn't force them to stop using plastic straws. The same thing will happen with other industries. People will have to be taught how to work in energy efficient industries mm -hmm. like um, electric cars or solar or wind power. It's not gonna happen overnight, but we can't just blame it on putting people out of work. I mean, the restaurant industry right now is putting people out of work with all kinds of new legislation. You're gonna be coming into a restaurant ordering your food from a tablet. That's gonna be the wave of the future mm. because restaurateurs aren't gonna be able to afford to have employees anymore, which is the backbone of what we do for a living. Yeah. You know, and the reason why I'm looking maybe not to be in this industry for the next 20 years, like I had hoped, because I don't really want to be in a fast food tablet industry. I want to be in a people industry. Do you think, uh, um, I'm pretty optimistic and, and I've been not optimistic about everything, but I, I think by the end of the summer, uh, once we're all, I got my vaccination the other day. I was kind of happy about that. But I, I think by mid-summer, mid the end of the summer, we're going to be getting close to some kind of normalcy. and People are going to be wanting to do things. And at the top of the list is going out to eat. No, I think it's going to be a crazy summer season, especially at the shore. 
I mean, I think the long term, if we don't as a society figure out how to solve some of our issues um, politically and otherwise, we're going to be right back in this situation down the road. You know, we know that viruses um, mutate and become other things and we're constantly chasing the next drug to cure everything. And we're going to be doing that because drug companies make a lot of money. You turn on the TV and every other commercial is for a different drug, drugs that I've never even heard of the things that they're solving until this year. Right. So, you know, we also have to look at our immune system and what can we do to be stronger? So yes, I'm not an anti-vaccine person, but I am a cautious vaccine person and I'm not eager to jump on the vaccine bandwagon yet, but I'm in a position not to have to. I am healthy. I'm at an age where I'm still not compromised. And I work in an industry that throws a lot of immune deficiency at me, which in hindsight has made my immunity stronger. So I'm in the perfect place not to have to, right. to rush there. But I also want to make sure that I'm positioning myself and my family not to have to rush to a vaccine for everything that gets thrown at me. And I, we don't talk enough about wellness as a sustainable thing. Um, all the things you need to do, you know, you could take as much vaccine as they can possibly give you, but if your mind is not in a happy place to some degree, you're going to be always chasing the next prescription that you need to combat something. And, you know, I'm, I think this is revolution. The last year has brought, a, brought about so many new revolutionary movements the Black Lives Matter, the Me Too. It's also bringing this mindfulness revolution in school districts, in charter schools that's talking about kids and how to keep them balanced when they're on computers all the time, when they're not having interaction with human beings, when their parents are so stressed out about money and about getting sick and about losing their job or their business. So, you know, there is a silver lining and sometimes we need catastrophic things to shift us as human beings. We're so used to staying in our same lane and doing what feels comfortable to us that I don't think we would have these movements if we didn't have, you know, not to be political, but the last four years of the current the last administration. It's goodness that's coming out of that. It's, it's inciting people to really look at their history and their culture and their life as an American that is powerful. It and is. it wouldn't have happened if we didn't have the last four years. You so know? there's, in, in some kind of obscene way, there's a positivity. Yeah. That's, you know? that's what I'm hearing you say, and, and I agree. There is a positivity. Uh, uh, but we have to learn from it. We have to look. Yeah, at that's it. the positivity. We we've yeah. learned a lesson, and now we're seeing. Uh, and I I don't mess around with with politics uh, at all uh, either. Um, it's healthier. It's part of my uh, well being. Yeah. Away from that, I could talk to you for hours about um, people like me because I, I don't talk about politics or religion because you know you, you can't win. So I, I don't talk about, uh, but uh, there is a, 
there's always positivity to be taken out of a situation and 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 um there is positivity uh, and we're heading in 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 a different direction and and um and I, i'm so optimistic i was watching a, a documentary um I, I watched a lot of stuff with bill gates because I, I marvel at his mind and and i i watched a documentary earlier in the summer on, on netflix on the mind of bill gates now he's involved with a company um and you'd like this because you're so challenging but they take carbon dioxide out of the atmosphere which is heating us up and they stick that carbon dioxide in, into cement new cement that they're going to use for sidewalks and and the carbon dioxide actually helps the cement give it strength so they're finding a use for the stuff that's causing climate change and they're sticking it into cement but so you know positive stuff um i know you have some time constraints uh um can you uh, can you just do a little plug and let folks know uh, about your uh, podcast uh i have a podcast called feed this community it's uh about what ignites you and incites you about the world we live in um bringing all kinds of people environmentalists politicians, um, women's activists, health and well-being, chefs, anybody who really wants to talk about the catalyst of what pushed them forward to the goodness that they do in the world or the goodness that they want in the world. Because I do have a nonprofit, Food for Thought by the Sea. And the reason I have to leave today is we deliver meals to the west side of Asbury Park through a program with Fulfill New Jersey. Wow. Um, and our food trucks. So we go out there at, uh, at 4.30 and start setting up for that. So, you know, I want to talk to people who have a little bit of discourse. Sometimes I put two people who have opposing views together because I think sometimes you've got to get people going. And unfortunately, the best way to get people going sometimes is to, um, is to fire them up and, you know, you have to be entertaining if you want to do podcasts. And it was a way for me to learn how to open up because I am an introvert and I have a hard time talking to people. So we're doing pretty good here, but it's helped me because I'm not in front of a whole bunch of people. It's not in my mind. It's not, people aren't seeing me yet. So I feel more comfortable and I need to do that because a lot of the work I do is public and, when you're an introvert and you go out in public, it's hard to connect yes. with people. And, yes. you know, I need to connect with people more. I have businesses and staff that depends on my connection. And I need platforms that help me grow. And I think we all need to. We're, we're lacking in. I mean, I'm not lacking in helping people. I innately want to do that. I don't have to work at that, but I have to work at all the stuff that goes around that. And the podcast is really helping me to do that. And it's raw and rough and it'll get better. And doing this with you helps me get better. Hey, this has been great. Uh, This has been great. Uh, um, A, uh, I will welcome you to come back here anytime you want because it's endless with you. 
<laughs> so much. There's so many layers, and there's so much for you. I, I I've been enthralled sitting here listening to you because you know it's not that I know you really really well. By the way, I found an old picture of, of you and I, uh, uh, and um, uh, it was years ago when I first started my journalism. Um, Grace Hanlon. Yep. And you and it was some kind of an event on Route 35, and I was covering it. And Lee Shave was in the picture, and um, uh, and you know I was doing research before I came here. Uh, you know, to, and I I found a picture there. You so we have history going back ten years. We'll post that because I'd like to see it. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to send that to you. Uh, I'll I'll find it again and I'll send it to you. But uh, I I want to thank you for this and your time. In your graciousness, and 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 uh, I'm very uh, interested about the moringa, and I'll do what I got to do on my end because uh, I'm constantly in pursuit of wellness, and because it works. Well, uh, send me your address, and I'll send you some mushroom tincture, some moringa, fine. some uh, chocolate. <laughs> yeah, and and it's funny. Uh, from this channel, I'll put you together with someone who's doing some other things in sustainability. Uh, Guy Tano is his first name. Uh, interesting. He's doing some interesting stuff. And, and, and somehow this channel that I have connects people. So that'll work. So um, I, I, again, I, I can't thank you enough for this. Um, and I would welcome you to come back anytime. Right. You are so interesting. And I wish you only good things, Marilyn. Thank uh, you so much. You've been so delightful. This has been so informative for me, really. Uh, and to be continued. And, and yes. I thank you so much. All right. Well, have a great night. You too.